Oh, crap. We forgot to record things for the last, like, two months because I forgot. I really should post something to this feed. We kind of got away with posting the Ninja Consultant podcast since we were there at AWA, but we forgot to record our Harmageddon podcast. That is happening in the next 24 hours. The recording, anyway, I promise. In the meantime, here's some random audio we've got lying around for what just got posted on the Anime 82 podcast. That's hosted by Mr. Regan Strongblood, and he focuses primarily on retro anime, if you might not have guessed from the name. And what he's been doing for the last several months is a thing he calls Mecha Madness, in which he's been getting together a bunch of guest podcasters, and asking them questions, and then playing back their responses so you can compare and contrast. So naturally, he got Gerald and I in on this, and we got ourselves in a whole lot of trouble putting our feet in our mouths, or, you know, dicks in our mouths, whatever you want to call it, as we responded to his latest set of 12 questions about Mecha Anime. And so we are going to just blatantly repurpose our recorded answers to those and post them. And the reason for that is because the 12 questions took us about 80 minutes to answer just between us. And when you combine that with all the other people he had on the podcast, the latest episode of Anime 82 is over three hours long. Now, I'm not saying it's bad. In fact, I highly recommend that after you listen to this bullshit that you're about to hear, you go and you listen to some real experts like Jeff Tatarik and Philip and Dane over there in that show. I mean, we've already got some pretty choice, critical acclaim for what you are about to hear. Let me read some of it now. Thanks for assuming we're all easily distracted idiots, Gerald and Daryl. Thankfully, some of us are old and independent enough to know you're full of it. That was a good one. Just a quick warning, heads up as it were, this audio is more or less completely unedited. It's the raw recording of us responding to the questions that were given to us. There's going to be a lot more crutch words than usual, maybe a little more awkward pauses and silences. I tried to cut that down using the Audacity Silence Truncator. Overall, it's a little less polished. I don't have Google in front of me. I have no internet to look things up. I say things that are probably wrong. I guarantee you at least some of it's wrong from re-listening to it. Gerald was a little more responsible than me. Anyway, just something to keep in mind. One last thing before we get onto this recording. Guest appearances. I was on the Greatest Movie Ever podcast talking about Death Wish 4, the crackdown, and on the subject of actual bona fide anime-related content. Clarissa was just on the Anime 3000 panel with Ed Chavez from Vertical Inc., and Sean Ryan, not the creator of The Shield, but Sean Ryan from TheGreyGhost.net, otherwise known as the Method to Madness podcast. And they are talking about something thematically appropriate for this time of the year, spooky anime. And when they ran out of that to talk about, which was pretty fast, I'm pretty sure they got into spooky manga, considering Ed Chavez was there. In fact, I don't even need to be pretty sure. I'm 100% sure because I listened to that episode. Whatever, fuck it. Here's the audio of things that we said that M certainly does not appreciate. If you have feedback for this episode, please direct to anime82.blogspot.com. And I three-quarter promise that the next episode will actually be an Anime World Order episode as opposed to our brazen abuse of the Creative Commons license. Enjoy, that's in air quotes. Twelve. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. 
Yep, this is me, Daryl Surratt. And this is me, Gerald Rathkolb. And we figured to make things a little easier, a little more listenable to those of you who dare to brave the Anime 82 Gauntlet of Mecha Madness Part, uh, I think we're on three as of this point. Mm-hmm. We figured we'd answer these questions together. Maybe we'd have something to talk about. Or yeah. maybe we'll just agree on every single thing. We're going to listen to the questions at the same time. We uh, haven't heard them before. And we're just going to go off the cuff. I think that's probably the most honest way to do it, albeit the least researched. Question number one. In your opinion, what is the most influential mecha anime of all times? Uh, Probably um, Mobile Suit Gundam, Uh, just because that was the first, you know, real robot show. And I mean, it arguably, arguably it's there are shows that are just trying to like emulate it a whole lot today. Um, I mean... I know that you know we have we have differences on this show, or not not necessarily differences between us, but uh, I mean, Evangelion is is dominant like it, it dominated mecha shows in the '90s and even up to today. Um, I kind of think that yeah, when I think of what current era robot shows get made, almost everything is either influenced or in response to either Mobile Suit Gundam or Neon Genesis Evangelion. Yeah. Uh, Not too many things are being made in response to Tetsujin 28, in response to uh, Mazinger Z. They're mostly just retro throwbacks. Right. Very much so, yeah. I like the King of Braves, Gal Gaigar, and all that, but in terms of influence, I think Gundam really set forth... Whoa, is that my phone? Must be, yeah. This is what we sound like, raw people. Yep. This is raw. This is no editing because I know uh, Regan Mr. does not edit. Mr. His Paul Red himself whatsoever. does not edit. Yes. All right. <laughs> anyway, yeah, as I was saying, Mobile Suit Gundam is probably what uh, not just set up the the standard for the format for so many of these mega shows, the conventions, but also the way they're sold, the way they're marketed. Mm-hmm. I know there were certainly toys being made of Voltus Five and Combattler V. Yeah, and, and the like, but the amount of influence in those shows is much less. I think if you look at like what was the legacy of Combattler, it wasn't so much like the Voltron and stuff like that, even though that was there. Most of that seemed to me to go into the live action Tokusatsu side of things, where you've got like a full team of people who pilot a robot. Yeah, and uh, I mean, I guess I'd like to also bring up, you know. Um, Ideon, which, you know, is, uh, and I'm saying this is not, you know, the most influential show, because even though it was, it, it's a show that I think came out, and then when Evangelion came out, people went back to Ideon and said, oh, wow, this show did a lot of what Evangelion did back then. But uh, I, I don't think that a lot of people directly were thinking about Ideon. And also, a lot of what people say about Ideon is not true. Yeah, so. it's uh, based on what they read about it, not, yes. or maybe what they saw in Super Robot Wars Alpha 3, but not the actual show itself. No. Anyway, I imagine, 
uh, every single person who has asked that question is probably going to answer something along the lines of Mobile Suit Gundam. <laughs> You're just yeah. going to hear that answer over and over again, listeners. And either that or Evangelion. I think it's going to be one of those two. One of those two. Question number two. What was the first mecha anime you ever watched? The first mecha anime that I ever watched, is I didn't know it was anime at the time, but it's going to be Voltron, right? For you? Okay. Um, for me, it was definitely Robotech. I saw Robotech on TV in South Africa. Um, and How then old I came, were you? Robotech came out, uh, I was, must have been four or five. Couldn't have been more than that. Because I saw it, like, it came out in 84, I think, Robotech. I want to say 85, but yeah, around that time. 84, 85, and I, it made its way to South Africa pretty quickly. And so I'm pretty sure that's, that's the first one. I might have actually seen something before that, and, um, but I don't remember the name of the show. I only remember like certain elements of it, and I think Clarissa suggested that it might have been like Diapolon or something, some, something that did get like a weird Hong Kong dub, but the first one I definitely remember was Robotech, and that's, that's kind of why that show, even with all its flaws, is very important to me. I was going to say Diapolon is the most influential mecha show just as a <laughs> gag. But uh, when I was growing up, Robotech never aired in my part of the country. I mean, maybe it was airing in syndication all over the place, but I never heard of Robotech at all until I was 12 or so. So I'm mm. pretty sure it would have been Voltron, but I didn't know Voltron was anime at the time. As far as like a robot show that I knew was from Japan... Um, the first I, one you—the first one, like you mean—the first one you saw as anime. As anime, knowing this is Japanese animation about uh, robots, um, I don't consider Bubblegum Crisis a mecha show. I would say it would have had to have been Shaw's Counterattack. That was mm. like the first Gundam anything I ever saw. I went and I put in for a fan sub for it on eBay for like seven bucks, and uh, that mm. was like the first proper like this is a robot show thing i ever saw mm. i don't think i ever saw any of that stuff like mazinger um or any of that until way way later yeah trans or z i think that that was on air for, if it was on air it was on air in america before i lived in america or i think it was on air before i was born or something like that got on the air early early 80s wasn't it it, it did again stuff like trans or z stuff like force five i never saw mm -hmm. any of that growing up no and i always wondered about that like that was the we we grew up in the era of syndicated television where one person in one town could have completely different television from another person and now and now that's not the case now i guess we all get the same stuff um but yeah, definitely for me, it, uh, that's interesting. Like, I really thought Robotech was wider spread. And you lived in Boston, right? Well, when I, w I lived in Boston until I was maybe four or five, so I probably wasn't watching a whole lot of television Okay. Um, myself. And then I moved to upstate New York, Rochester, and they almost definitely did not have any of that stuff. I know for a fact I watched a lot of things like um, He-Man... The yeah. Transformers. I watched um, all that stuff, too, yeah. Yeah, I mean, Nickelodeon was where I watched most cartoons, stuff like Danger Mouse and what have mm -hmm. you, but no robot shows, really. I mean, I, most things that had robots in them were, like, really terrible Hanna-Barbera kind of stuff, like the Centurions or whatever. Actually, now that I think about it, when I was in St. Thomas in the Virgin Islands, we didn't get Robotech there either. All of my memories of it were from South Africa, 
and we had like the Chicago station. What's a double W G W G N? But that was a nationally. That was on cable everywhere. So I mean, I guess that was that was how I saw like a lot of cartoons, like GI Joe and stuff. Um, Pretty sure it was that was all on W G N. I didn't watch a whole lot of WGN at any point, but yeah, that, they definitely were carried uh, everywhere I've lived. Um, mm. But no, I did not know that those were there. So yeah, I, what was the first like anime that you knew was Japanese? Like, so you said you watched Robotech and you're like four. Yeah, um, the first anime that I knew was ja- like I watched it as anime. That might have been like I knew when I watched Bubblegum Crisis. I knew that was anime. I, when I watched Harmageddon, I knew that was anime. When I watched Akira, I knew that was anime. Um, God. I'm going to go with Harmageddon, actually. Um, actually, I think... don't even think of that as a robot show. It has a robot oh, no. in oh, it. So, oh, sorry, sorry. I, I thought you. Uh, I need to qualify about anime, anime. Might have been Bubblegum Crisis, because I rented like a, a dub of that and, and watched that. And I think that might have been... No. No, I definitely watched Voltron, and I knew it was Japanese at the time. Okay, I definitely. So, so saw you're that. counting Bubblegum Crisis because of the mode of slaves and the hard suits and all that. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to get too particular about like the concept of Mecha because I know that really when Mecha fans talk about Mecha, they talk about they mean giant robots or or like Valkyries or things like that. Like, yeah, certainly Bubblegum Crisis is all about robots present. I mean, the yes. boomers are you know. Robots, you know, <laughs> right? And I guess that would definitely qualify as like a mecha show. But I think I think hardcore mecha fans are not thinking about that when they're thinking about mecha shows. Yeah, I mean, even I said I saw Volume Crisis well before Shots yeah. Counterattack. Yeah, yeah. I guess for me, it was probably Voltron. I knew I knew that was mecha and anime. Question number three: What is your favorite Gundam series? I really like the original movies. I think that. I mean, I think that the first one is just okay. Um, the second one, I think, is good, and the third one, I think, is a classic. And um, my 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 memory of the second one is that the second one seems to drag the longest in my like recollection of it. I just remember a lot of time spent in the desert. Uh, it's the part where they're on Earth, and then they meet up with Rambaral and all that stuff. And I I just remember that taking kind of long because Amaro runs off with the Gundam and. Those but movies again, I are, haven't seen these movies in a long time. I think you're right. I think the second one is the longest, but I know that each of those is like two and a half hours long or something. Yeah, and I, I rent, when I saw them the first time, I was like, I'm going to rent all three of these at once, and I'm going to watch them in like a day or two days or whatever <laughs> it was, because the video rentals were like, yeah, they're due back tomorrow. Okay, mm-hmm. sure. Um, so that might so did you uh, see the my judgment. Did, so you rented like the old band, like Anime Village ones, didn't you? No, they were not the Anime Village English dub ones, but they were VHS and they were official, but they were subtitled in Japanese. I never oh, saw okay. the, the dub movies of those Anime Village dubs until many, many years later. Okay. Um, as far as my favorite Gundam, yeah. I, I, I think the one I would be most likely, like, I don't even think I own it. Uh, but I, I own a lot of the Gundam shows, but I always seem to remember being the big defender for Mobile Fighter G Gundam when it was out. Mm-hmm. And then I guess nowadays there's no need to do that because there's been this, uh, complete 180 in terms of fan reaction to that show that everybody suddenly loves it now. 
But um, I think I, I remember really liking that one. And I used to say Zeta, and I don't, I think I've kind of scaled back on saying I like Zeta Gundam a lot uh, nowadays. Um, it, it's interesting how that's how that's worked because when I was like an early anime fan in like the Zeta Gundam was like the pinnacle of anime, right? And the th- that's the thing is that all of this information was disseminated by like the very very few fans who had actually watched it. Yeah, because a lot of people like maybe they'd only seen like the final few episodes without subtitles on it, and were like, yeah. "Whoa, holy crap, this is awesome!" And then people kind of read synopses of what happened in it, mm-hmm. and then I think as the more people got to actually see. Zeta Gundam, the fewer, you know, it, it kind a lot of took people, down some pegs yeah. I think as it far did, as that the, mythic status of it. That very, very much so. And I, I think that, you, you know, I mean, that was the show that, you know, probably one of the first things that Tomino got to do, like, pretty much entirely, like, at his command. Um, and so, but, yeah, I remember that was, like, the big show, the one that every Mecha fan had to watch. Like, even if you didn't like Mecha, if you didn't like anime, you had to watch Zeta Gundam. And then I plowed through it, and I I barely made it through that show. I, I think I made it through just because I just bought the DVD, so I needed to finish it up. I do still enjoy Shaw's Counterattack, and that's another one that's similarly Ooh, that's uh, another, fallen out of grace. That has fallen out farther, Gundam. much further than Zeta Gundam has, I think, because that was, in, like, another big one, and that... Uh, I have a hard time with that one, but I, I understand where you're coming from there. Yeah, I, I do still, I do still like that one. I mean, if I had to think, like, you know, pick one, the first one that comes to mind is G Gundam, just because it's got some really, really strong um, points in it. It's also got like, uh, it's it's a long show. It's like, you know, close to fifty episodes, like mm-hmm. every other Gundam. But yeah, I think um, in terms of just ending and wrapping everything up very well, I thought that one was. Uh, pretty solid and also it really showed that you could make a gundam show without tommy knows involvement and still have it uh, be successful well um, i'm not a fan of g gundam but it's probably better than most any sh- any gundam show that tomino was involved in so <laughs> um you probably hear a lot of 8th ms teams i imagine people saying people a lot uh, of people have seen that a lot of people have also seen what war in the pocket i i I mean, I guess it's... people have seen War in the Pocket. I think 8th MS Team got a lot of play on the Cartoon Network, and so that's Stardust, how a lot of people know did, about it. Didn't Stardust Memory get played on there, too? It got played at, like, 11 at night on yeah. Saturdays only, like, after the the period where Cartoon Network cared about anime. Mm-hmm. Uh, the same thing is true for War in the Pocket. But 8th MS, that was on, like, Toonami Monday through Friday, you yeah, know, 5.30 p.m. That's sort of still time. one that I need to see. I, I mean, for someone who... As a rule, I just don't like Gundam. I actually own quite a bit of Gundam because I, I I feel like I, I it's it's kind of like even if you don't like Gundam, Gundam is just kind of sort of one of those things that you should know as an anime fan. Question number four: In your opinion, is the mecha anime genre dead? No, it's just it's now turned into it's now gone from what it was in like the seventies and eighties, which is kind of like what people kind of by default thought of anime to being the kind of a niche thing. I mean, I don't think it'll ever die. I think there'll always be fans of it enough to produce, you know, a few shows here and there, but it's definitely not, you know, the popular thing now. Yeah, I mean, I think the state of mecha anime 2011 is, you know, the once king is now shifted into the background 
such that the only times I can really think of, you know, the Mecca show that hits it off with a bunch of people are the shows that are kind of crafted to hit every single fan pocket that they possibly can. Mm-hmm. Um, much like, you know, I don't consider it a Mecca show, but Full Metal Alchemist is a show that's very carefully crafted to appeal to every single group of hardcore purchasing anime fan. Which is one of know, the reasons why I hate that show, but that's another story. Yeah, I mean, yes. you know, I think that um, you I know, think this is another influence thing. I think The Vision of Escaflone yes. is kind of a forgotten show. That, is, that was one from the mid-90s that they, they targeted and they crafted and they engineered it to yes. hit like every single anime fan, not just the robot fans. Like Even if you don't like robots at all, there's still that, this, that this was fantasy the one stuff was, and this romance yes. stuff and you know the weird furry girl and you know what have you. That was the one and, I was going to bring up. Like That was the first show that I can think of that was so so engineered like that like committee sitting around planning like okay saying, we've got to okay, have his, his hair isn't long enough the main character or not the main character but you know like his rival isn't hasn't got blonde enough hair or something like make it blonder and so and you know those mechs you know the robots need gimmicks give them capes give them yeah, so you know that I, sort of thing i, I that's they another knew. I, I really hate shows like that in general, and I think that was. The, the and that's first sort one of I the saw. face of like the modern uh, mecha series. Uh, it's happened for uh, Gundam. It's happened. Um, Code Geass you know. is the, the most perfect example I think today of like if we stay within the mecha genre. Because I mean, what else other mecha shows are going to talk about? But I mean, that's one that is like hundred percent. Like this was made. This character was added to appeal to this audience. This character was added to appeal to this audience. And, you know, the, the main character doesn't... The main character is not like a go-na-guy-style, like, screaming maniac. He's, you know, very carefully designed to appeal to, to girls. And he's got friends so that they can, you know, draw doujinshi about him and such. So, And I, the robots, you know, they've got some little gimmicks on them to be mm-hmm. evocative of the other robot shows you hardcore fans like. Like, hey, see those skates like Botoms? Yeah. That's a thing on those nightmare frames. I mean, I know I've been getting into all sorts of arguments with all sorts of uh, Collection DX autistics over um, is there so many other elements included in Code Geass that it's no longer even a mecha show. It's just a real show that happens to have mecha in it. This is an issue of emphasis. But what we're trying to say here is that as part of that committee of design and hitting every single fan demographic robots is just another thing on that checklist it's no longer here's the robot show and here's the elements that we got to fit in there yeah the, the shows that i tend to like a lot are the shows that just are kind of like screw everybody else we're just going to make a wreck a show that we want to see the like the people making it like i was just showing yesterday actually i just had a bunch of people over and uh, they were, and I put on Mazen Kaiser's Skull, just the first episode of it. And it's fascinating that I like Mazen Kaiser's Skull, even though some people can easily say, "Hey," but certainly they designed the main characters in that to be appealing to ladies, and that and is not false. It's not false, but it's also n- not entire. <laughs> but also, I don't know any girls that like those guys because they're they pilot giant robots and are mean to everyone. <laughs> they're 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 still like very 1980s fashion with like the ripped jean vest mesh yes. shirt sort of thing, but you can so. tell that's what they were going for. It's maybe just, you know, Dynamic Productions doesn't know how to hit that uh Fujoshi market. But I don't know. Uh, yeah, that, that, that is <laughs> probably a future question that's next on the list for now. Maybe. Uh let's go to the next question number 5. 
Who's your favorite director and slash or creator of the real robot mecha anime genre? All right, so he has narrowed it down to the specifically real robot. Hmm. So I, I wonder if the next question is going to be super robot. But um, if we're going with real robot, I'm going to um, go. Let me answer first, just because sure. I kind of think we might be on the same page on this. Hmm. Uh, my pick is Ryosuke Takahashi. He, he would have been my second, I think. But uh, he or I mean, I'm 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 debating with second or first, but I'm going with. Yoshikazu Yasuhiko, because he directed the first three, the, the Gundam movies, and I, in my opinion, he is the best, like, sci-fi action director that's ever lived. And, um, but, but I think Ryosuke Takahashi might be a, a better answer, because he's done more than one mecha show. Yeah, but, and even though I don't like Gasaraki. Uh, but yeah, that's all. the thing, is that I, I really don't like Gasaraki. I love Votoms. I'm trying to remember what he did. He also did Gal Gygar. He like wrote a bunch right. of Gal Gygar. Although that's not that's completely not Super Robot. So we no, can't that's, really that's credit re- him for that. I'm just thinking like yeah. in terms of of real robots specifically. Um, certainly, he is like the guy as far as like Botoms is the brainchild of Ryosuke Takahashi first yes. and foremost. There's other people. Sure, you know Kunio Okawara probably did some work on it as far mm-hmm. as the scope dogs and what have you. But when you think of whose show is that, you think of Ryosuke Takahashi. Yes. When you think of Mobile Suit Gundam, Yoshikazu Yasuhiko is not the first name you usually think of. You usually think of Tomino first. Even, you know, though, like you said, Yas did direct the films. Yes. And did yeah. edit and, you know. And, and that, the third them. film, and like, he, he directed all of the new footage. And as the movies went on, there was more and more new footage until it was the third movie, which was mostly new footage. And that, I think, was far and away the strongest. Um, but, yeah, I'm t- trying to think of anybody else that even comes to mind. I know there's Gor- Yeah, usually Gor- when I think of, like, Yoshikazu Yasuhiko's creations, I mean, I think of things like Venus Wars and yes. Arion and that sort of thing. And Crusher Joe. Uh, well, I guess that's what I that's what comes to mind for me. I don't even know if that counts as mecha. That's certainly more sci-fi, It's I think. definitely more sci-fi space opera Yeah, but, um, I mean, there's Goro Tanaguchi, but I just don't, I, I just don't like anything he's done. He, he feels, I, I like feel like... I like Goro Tanaguchi. I just, uh, you know, I can't really get into Code Geass. I, well, it's not only that, but I feel like I'm di- watching work directed by an autistic. But, um, I don't know. I can't... I can't get behind his stuff. I can't actually think of anything that he's directed that I really like. Um, anything, actually. I'm looking at his list of stuff now. Because Infinite Rivius is like... I don't know how people can watch that show. <laughs> but that's definitely more. That's definitely not not out of the scope of this this show. All right. Let me throw a curveball here. Um, what what do we... Do we consider Mamoru Oshii? Mamoru Oshii is... I think he's more sci-fi um i'm just I'm thinking about like for his work on like pat labor yeah i think pat labor i i almost argue that pat labor is kind of like code geass but not bad in that it's a show where the mecha could be they could just be cop cars it's and it's so much less about the mecha than it is about the characters but uh it's, it's definitely a mecha show um I don't know. I, I think that, uh, and if we consider the movies as well, I think the movies were even less mecha movies. Yeah, they were, they were those definitely were those were movies that happened to have uh, robots in them. Like yeah. the first is just a, a procedural police so, mystery. The second is a political thriller. I would and, almost argue that like uh, 
of anyone who has directed real robots, show, like shows with real robots in them, he is the best. But as the best real robot director, I couldn't count him. Um, Yutaka Izabuchi? Yutaka Izabuchi. I usually think of him as a designer, first and foremost. Yeah. But I mean, he, he has, because I mean, you know, you mentioned Pat and he did the labors. I mean, he's done so much stuff for Gundam. He's done right. the things for Dunbine and so on yeah. and so forth. Yeah, I, um, I'm trying to think of the stuff he's directed because I'm definitely like the only thing that comes design. to mind is Razafon. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm sure uh, he's done other stuff than that, but uh, you know, the only I, thing I know off the top of my head is that he directed was Razafon. I, I go off on Razafon. I've never seen the show. It's just every clip I've seen of the show and every bit that I've seen of the show just makes it ter- like look like the most boring ass emo teenage drama bullshit show. Um, but nah, I. Uh, he's a great designer. I just uh, not a not really a director. Hmm. Uh, oh, Ishiguro, Noboru Ishiguro. Noboru Ishiguro. He's too dry. He's I think he's too dry. Um, yeah, I think the parts that made Macross like you know pop was Shoji Kawamori, but I just I can't in good conscience no. say Shoji Kawamori no. is the great director oh, creator. God, he is he has dropped terribly. You, you or need, like, was the never dryness a- of Ishiguro and like whatever it is that you want to call Kawamori to kind of synergize. <laughs> yeah, like I just think the the planets align for DYRL in some weird way. <laughs> Because I mean, Shoji Kawamori did way more in directing that than uh, um, than Ishiguro did. Yeah. Well, well, Ishiguro directed that definitely, but like I guess Kawamori actually got like assistant director or something status on that. Um, yeah, I think I'd, I'm. I'd go. I with think the, like it's just kind of for real robot. My gut still says Yurosuke Takahashi, just for virtue of like the few things that he did. Mm. I, I'm not. Um, as well versed on the real robot creators as I am on the super robot creators, if only by virtue of the fact that there's fewer names to remember. On and super uh, I think it's interesting that neither of us have brought up <laughs> um, Tomino. Oh, of course not, because <laughs> he's an awful, awful director. Yeah, he's not a he's not a good director. He's not I a mean, good he's director. An idea he's man. A, he's an, yeah. He's a, not a good writer. He's not a good anything really. Just ideas. No, no, he, he's he's a good idea man, yeah. and um, if. If the Yoshiyuki Tomino of Gundam Sose were the real Yoshiyuki Tomino, I would say Yoshiyuki Tomino, one hundred percent. Oh crap! But, I um, forgot. Um, Takahashi did did Panzer World Galleon too. I completely forgot. And you got yeah. Dugram as well. Dugram, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I remember Dugram. So, I mean, but I you forgot know, you think Galliant. you know Botoms, Dugram, Galliant. Uh, that, that's a pretty. He's got solid. That foundation. is very very solid, actually. Yeah, I I think. Uh, yeah, I guess. I mean, I think in just terms of like the the amount of stuff, the amount of stuff that's actually good, it probably is Takahashi. All right, I think we reached a somewhat consensus. You know, yeah. back at the beginning. <laughs> Question number six: Can you think of a non-anime related film, show, or comic that featured robots or mecha that really stood out to you? Um, Animation. I never saw Robot Jocks. I've seen as it. a kid. Well, I, saw I mean, it. I saw it later. Oh, I, I I've only seen it as a kid. I have not seen that movie in probably twenty years. Yeah, I mean, um, I think like the stuff that he's asking about for this question is you know stuff like the Last Starfighter or whatever, and that's another one I didn't see that as a kid. I yeah, I didn't actually either. I only I saw bits and pieces of it, and I only recently watched it like what two months ago or something. But um, I remember being like astonished at the 
Mecha at the robots in Aliens. Um, the power loader. The power loader. Yeah, I was like, I, I was amazed that this was not just like close-up shots of it where you could see, oh, they just built like the cockpit or something. No, they actually had long shots of them like moving around in this thing. Um, I never grew up with, like, I'm sure someone's going to say Battletech. I never cared for Battletech. But the answer I'm going to give, a bit of a curveball, I don't expect other people to answer with this, even though it was a show and it was syndicated and had have its popularity for the time. There was a, a TV show called Captain Power and the Soldiers of the Future. Hmm. And this was a live-action uh, television program that I guess was written by Joe Michael Straczynski of Babylon 5 fame, uh, currently of horrible, awful, unreadable comic books fame. But um, the premise of it was, you know, post-apocalyptic Earth, you know, humanity versus the machines. And the people, they all wore um, some pretty interesting powered armor designs. I think, you know, looking at them, they still hold up today. Um, they also flew around in planes. The gimmick of the show was that you'd buy the toys and um, interact with the TV show because the effects of the robots firing and the plane shooting and such um, would send a special specific strobing flash effect that could register mm -hmm. with the toy. And so that was, you know, how they got kids to watch it. But it was also pretty interesting science fiction. Um, I never saw the direct-to-video Japanese animated um, interactive tapes. You know, this is like the stuff they make fun of during Anime Hell. It's like where they blow up the Sears Tower mm -hmm. or what have you. But those uh, that wasn't gorgeous. until years yeah. later. And yeah, those were uh, very nicely done. I think maybe yeah, if that I, was one. If if I went with the answer that you know gets the groans from everyone, I might actually just go with uh, Transformers, like G one. Yeah, the G one Transformers definitely is kind not of... anime. Definitely not anime, and I was really I'm still impressed when I watch it. That I mean, sure they cut a few corners, but the way that they transform is still pretty neat. Yeah, I mean, it's it's completely, I mean, only now, like many years later, did we learn. It's like, oh, yeah, Shinji Aramaki, Shoji Kawamori, yep. the same guys who worked on the anime, ended up making the toys. And as part of engineering the toys, you have to figure out how the transformation is going to work. And, yep. yeah, it's it's simple, but it's intuitive, and you can tell exactly, you know, that how that Jeep became a, a robot. Yeah, and I think that might be my biggest my biggest annoyance with the movies is that the designs are so elaborate. That you can't, I can't really tell. That I can't look at this. I can't look at a lot of them and say, "Yes, that is a car. That thing transforms into a car." Or something. They also cheat. Yeah, they do. <laughs> because the transformation isn't the same each time. It's deliberately a, a different series of events yeah. that results in the robot becoming a car or a vehicle, and vice versa. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, the, the G1 Transformer certainly, as a child, was was absolutely, uh, you know the main one yeah i think so I th i'm gonna stick with that for me because that's yeah that's and as much as people want to say it, it's definitely not anime not anime sorry guys yep uh later on it was and those were the bad ones yeah very much don't so. say anything about a master force was good you're lying <laughs> question number seven what is the worst mecha anime you ever watched <laughs> oh oh boy this is, well god this is there's a good so question much crap stuff i've actually got one on my shelf that i tried watching an episode of ah damn it i i can't see the disc from here but that was got did get released here got like such a crappy release too um god bad shows like i mean i don't know do we consider things like diapolon that have entertainment value to them or do we think of like just stuff that is just so painfully like 
horribly like candidate for goddess sort of I go with level. a painful bad like I I don't count like Diapolon. Diapolon mm-hmm. is hilarious to watch as yeah. far as like the goofiness. I mean, you know, you can get entertainment value out of Magnus the Robot. Yes. Um, you know, that really silly, badly produced dub of Magna Robo Gakin. Mm-hmm. Uh, UFO Robo Diapolon, you know, it's just so absurd. Uh, not just the football robot design, but like, you know, the stuff that happens in it yeah. are just so weird and out there that, yeah, it's entertaining. It's a te- right. technically bad show, but. You know, I love it. No, the the worst stuff. Um, I'm gonna confess that I never actually watched Candidate for Goddess. I just knew of its reputation I... and let everyone else, you know, who wouldn't heed my warnings, watch Pilot Candidate because it was on Cartoon Network and hate themselves for it. I saw a couple of episodes of it at at a club here, and of course, those clubs are I I, I hate them because they are dominated entirely by how loudly the girls scream. And uh, as as nasty as mean as that sounds, that's that's like the louder the girls scream, the more of the show you will watch. And they watched all of Candidate for Goddess. So um, that 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 show, I don't even know if it counts as a mecha show. What do you yeah, think? I don't know either. <laughs> I, I mean, because uh, I didn't watch it. I only watched a couple of episodes of it, and oh, it was just such a stupid show. Um, yeah, I'm trying to. I'm wondering, like, there there's hundreds and hundreds of shows that just fall into that, you know, crap forgettable garbage stuff um for me it would have to be something where it's like not very compelling character designs robot designs the story is bad animation is poor you know that sort of thing yeah not and not so poor that it's entertaining like i know dave merrill likes to throw out all these weird d-list robot shows like you know the Got Tiger the combo car or whatever the hell that thing is. Yeah, I, I wish I could see like the DVDs for that show, but I, I got all of it at like a, one of those right stuff, like buy twenty discs or fifty discs for a hundred bucks thing, and I got all of the show, and it was unbelievably boring. Um, what show is that? I'm trying to. Re- I think it began with a C, but I'm Cybuster. Cy- <laughs> we got it at the same time. Yes. <laughs> Cybuster's terrible. Oh, it's awful. That is a that is a really boring, really bad show. And I don't know. Part of me really wanted it to be good. Well, yeah, because I mean, it's like it's an original Super Robot Wars yeah. creation given animated form, right? Yes, Cybuster. That was it. Um, God, I wanted that show to be good. And, and and part of me is 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 sort of like, yeah, it's just kind of the little show that wished it could. But no, it's it's not a good show. Ugh. Oh. Oh, uh, that's not a mecha show. But I would have brought up Generator Gull. That's just a that's just shit. Um, I remember like when people being excited for Generator Gull back when it was you know about to come out, and I, I guess it, it kept its following because you know it's a, a Vic Mignogna dub, mm. and so people continue to remember that show. But that's it was never a, something I liked. Oh, it's an, it's not even like it is just an objectively awful show. Like the the characters are just boring and bland, but um. Uh, now, I I used uh, to okay, like. I, let's let's narrow it down. How about shows that we watched in their entirety? That's I was the worst mecha show. I was just going to name seen. one, and this is one that I used to like, and every time I watch it, I dislike it more and more. And that is Hades Project Zero Rhymer. Zero Rhymer um, was something I was thinking about because I mean, man, it looks beautiful. And, but, and man, when you it's watch that as upsetting. Like, when you watch that as like a ten or twelve year old, that the coolest is the shit most, ever. 
that is the, yeah that's that is the coolest shit ever. He just comes out and he just poses and bangs his balls together and <laughs> literally and then everything disappears. And it's awesome. But as I watch it like older, I realize he doesn't actually do anything. He just comes out and poses and everything explodes. And then there's a lot of really really boring stuff between those fights or not even fights between the pose sessions. So that that's that's a pretty bad one now that I think about it. I did not have a good time watching the Vision of Escaflone, and I know that's a fan beloved favorite. That's like a you know top tier anime for some people. Oh, I hate that show. I oh, I gave up on that show, but th- that's... I did watch all of it. Okay, I, I didn't, including the movie. I watched the movie, and I watched like the first bunch of discs. I bought the first bunch of discs. I'll tell yeah. you, I don't remember Jack about that whole show and I watched the whole thing. I just remember there was that one character that annoyed me greatly because I couldn't figure out if the character was a man or a woman. Alan Shazar. Uh, and yeah, I think so. And then like people said, oh, in the series it was a man, in the movie it was a woman. Oh, or... Delando. Yes. The villain. That's right. And... People always used to say I was like Delando. Hmm. I that... hated that person. I, I hated that, that character partially because no, of I that. No, don't, I don't hate the character. I hate the people who would say I was like the character. Well, I hate the character too. <laughs> I hate no, char- the, the thing is, is like, there's so many worse characters in Escaflone that, like, even if Delandau sucks, it's like nothing compares to Miruru, the the cat girl, and she was just like the the worst character, and like everyone else was just so overshadowed. Like, even though I hated the main character, he told me, and I hated Vaughn for being kind of boring. I hated Alan for being a jerk, but it's like you know, this cat girl was just like awful. Yeah, if and, we. Um, if, if that this... would be like the worst one that I made it through because it just had so much hype and it still is so revered to that, this that's... day. And that that always makes you hate something more when people all around you really love this thing. I mean, if we had to come to a consent, the thing is, I haven't seen that whole show, so I don't think we could come to a full consensus on that. But um, yeah, that was that was really really awful. Um, yeah, and man, that movie was terrible. And people said, oh, you didn't like the TV series, but you might like the movie, because the movie is, you know, not like the TV series. But it was bad in whole new ways. Um, yeah, I think I would go they with... They both looked nice, and they both had nice soundtracks. I'll give them that. I bought the soundtracks. I like the soundtracks. That's, that's, that's all. That's it. Um, oh, Southern Cross. Southern Cross was not a good show. Um, no, it was not. It was that absolutely not a good show, regardless of what you know. Large Robotech fans want to say, yeah, it is a bad, boring show. It got canceled early for good reason. For good reason, I think. I really think, like now that I've gone back and been able to see uh, Superdimensional Cavalry Southern Cross, I have mm-hmm. to agree. Yeah, Carl Masek did him a favor by just hitting mute and writing his own story because uh, it was just not. Cool. I no. mean, I, I want it to be. It's got some really great designs. I love. I love the the, the armor. The, the armor designs the are awesome, and I really like. I really liked a show that had like a pretty cool main female character in it, and I thought she was had potential. But it, the writing in the show was just so dull, and then it ended on this completely like blah, nothing. Don't really accomplish anything. Notice. Um, yeah, I, I guess for shows that I've seen everything of, that might be my vote, but I think we can both agree that there are 
ten times worse shows out there that neither of us have seen. That yeah, yeah, I'm sure, you yeah. know, because, I mean, I've at least got something good to say about Escaflone. Yeah. We've at least got something good to say about Southern Cross. There's yes. plenty of stuff out there where it's just so terrible that we just was like, the heck with it, or it's it's just been purged from memory. Yeah. Just stuff that there wasn't even a good design. Nothing, nothing good you could say about it. And all of that stuff came out in like the seventies and eighties, because um, the stuff that's that bad usually doesn't even make it through the process anymore. Question number eight: Which is your favorite mecha design? Do you have a favorite mecha designer? And even if you don't have a favorite mecha designer, uh, could you maybe talk about some mecha designers that you dig? The first thing that comes to my mind. Um, as standing out, like, um, maybe my mind has changed on this, but I remember, um, oddly enough, mobile, two, both of them are Mobile Suit Gundam picks. Mm. Um, the Sazabi from Shaw's Counterattack was, you know, because again, I said that was the first mecha anime I ever saw, you know, that and the new Gundam were both like, wow, these are super cool. Mm-hmm. And, and I still think they are. Um, and, uh, I, can't in any good conscience recommend anyone watch this show, but Mobile Suit Gundam 0083 Stardust Memory, um, the antagonist uh, mecha in that, the GP02A Fissilis, um, is a fantastic mecha design as well. It was the very first, uh, and, and I believe I'm getting ahead of myself on the questions, but that was uh, the very first model kit I ever bought was the Master Grade for that. Hmm. And so those are, those are tremendous mecha designs, um, and I believe, I, I can't even remember exactly who designed them. My gut instinct is that Koichi Ohara might have done the Sasabi and the New Gundam. And I could be wrong about that. I, that's... And I think Kawamori might even have had work on 0083. Like, I'm totally drawing a blank on who actually designed the 0083 Mecha. Huh. 0083. It wasn't, wasn't Izabuchi? Huh. I don't know. I, I I'm sure I could Google it right oh. now and find out the answer. We we will just go with that. But um, I'm going to take kind of a similar approach to you, but in a totally different series. I think my favorite single mecha design might be the original, and this is you know partially for you know nostalgia reasons. But I think the original Valkyrie, the YF one A, and um. I still today, and you know, I think maybe I like the Roy Foker version a little bit more than the others. But um, and I know that it was originally the original design of it was meant to mimic a sailor suit, like a girl's schoolgirl outfit. But um, I still love that design, and I also really like the design again. So I never recommend anyone to watch. But Macross Two had some really sweet designs in it. That red one. Yes, the one that's in the it's in the opening very, very prominently. Oh, God, what is the name of it? I'm sure Andrew is listening very upset and throwing out a model number for what exact Valkyrie that is. But for me, like, the only Valkyrie number that I can remember is YF-19 <laughs> from Macross <laughs> Plus. It's like, I, I like that one a lot. That one was a really good one. Uh, I mean, I guess that the, the Macross designs don't vary as much as the Gundam designs do. Um, they're certainly a little bit, there's just a bit more aesthetic than the Gundam designs, which are kind of almost complete redesigns at times. But I think the Valkyrie is just, uh, I just really like the idea so much of like this mecha that can transform into three different modes. Oh yeah, absolutely. I, I really <coughs> like Kaomori as mecha designer. Yes. And I, I he think, would, uh, 
he's top rate. Yeah, and I think he might be like my favorite mecha designer. I just wish. But you he know would... what? Like as much I know your pick is the Valkyrie. As much as you like the Valkyrie, I really think I personally prefer Shinji Aramaki's um, Legios from Mosbita. The Legios is really good. I have no issues with that. I like the Legios a lot. And um, I also really like uh, the ride armor designs from Mosbita as well. Mosbita, um, particularly had... Hellcats. I know a lot of people like um, yellows more because he's got like the energy shields. But yeah, you know, I like the big gun. The the ride armor. I love the ride armor. I think I. I mean, I think Mosbita is one of those shows that you know still really hasn't been rediscovered yet. But um, yeah, the ride armor was great. Um, but yeah, I'm gonna stick with the the. Shoshi Kawamori and the the Valkyries. I just I've got like several model kits upstairs that I need to finish up. So yeah, in terms of model kits, like I, I think um, you know a lot of the later Gundam designs, um, like Hajime Katoki, and he also he may very well have been the the GP zero uh, two mm-hmm. designer. It looks very evocative of his other work, but he did a lot of the later Gundam stuff. Like um, you know. I'm not the biggest Gundam Wing fan in the world, but I, I remember liking Endless Waltz, and I particularly like some of the designs in that. I like, you know, the Serpent Custom, which is like the general grunt bad guy mecha in that. And I'm a big fan of the Heavy Arms Custom, and, you know, so-and-so. I think with that show, every time I, I see... I don't like the Wing Zero Custom. I hate that design. I and I don't think, like that one at all. And I think whenever I see Gundam Wing designs, I think it's almost like hearing an open, a great opening to a show that you hate. All you can think about is the show that you hate. And right, it's like, it's cool music, but it reminds you of the show you don't like. Yes. You know, that's sort and of so, the Escaflone effect for me. And that's the, that's the effect I have when I see the Gundam, Gundam Wing designs. That I right, you remember hate, like, oh, everything else that went uh, with that package. I hate that yeah, show I, so I have uh, a decent amount of those model kits. Man, I didn't uh, mention unbuilt. Gundam Wing as like, my least favorite show. Huh. I should have. The thing is, is like I, I watched all of Gundam Wing. I didn't hate myself at the time. I'm sure if I went and back and watch it i'd hate it a lot more. oh my god i got the first dvd i watched it and in like three episodes i was thinking holy god this show is terrible absolutely awful and it's got such a cool opening like what this show does not deserve its opening like this it's opening got a, it's got a cool opening and it's got s- like some pretty solid design work in it it's just writing wise i'm sure is infuriating oh it's wretched it's infuriating it's I mean, Actually, I know I watched might... it because that was what was on the Cartoon Network in the year 2000, and right. I was like, anime on TV, and it's Gundam, and yeah. it's free, and it's like, wow, it's uncut. Maybe, this is pretty cool. Maybe that actually should have been the show I brought up when I said, like, a committee made this show, because Gundam Wing was, like, one of the first shows that was like, this is, we're, we need these guys to bring in this female audience, and all we want is a female audience. So, I don't know. That's, that's going back too far, though. But, um... Yeah, that's a uh, question. Was yeah, <laughs> our favorite Mechahen designer. I also right. love um, Izubuchi and yeah, his design. Yeah, Izubuchi is another great one. Uh, I mean, th- I mean, the sad part is that Izubuchi. It's kind of like Izubuchi is like like he's always if, like a second for something else that he never really gets to have his name on the marquee. But, but I mean, it's not only that. It's almost like. Uh, Izabuchi's like, done the one so who's much. The thing awesome. Yes. It, <laughs> like I mentioned in, you know, AWO that probably hasn't come out yet. Uh, like, you know, Izabuchi is the guy who made the protect gear armor that, you know, makes people want to watch, you know, Oshi's various Kerberos saga yes. things. Izabuchi is the one who added the Aura Battlers into Aura Battler Dunbine where previously there were no insectoid mecha, right. you know, 
in Tomino's Bison Well, which is completely uninteresting to me, but those designs are at least unique. Yes. Um, and then Izubuchi helped make the labors, you know, pat labor, what, what it is as far as that. But you never think of his name first and foremost when you think of any of those titles. And, and the rough thing is, is that it's kind of like Izubuchi and Kunio Okawara. And it's like those two guys. And then it's like, you know, with Shoji Karamori here doing some good work, but then it's like everybody else. It's like, it's, I mean, when those three guys die, when those two guys die and they're, they're old, uh, they're old ass guys, like that's going to be rough. Because, I mean, they're still doing, like, a lot of the design work today, even. Um, good lord, he did... Kunio Okawara did mecha design for Gintama? I didn't even know there were mechas in Gintama. Oh, yeah, I mean, Gintama's mostly parody stuff. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's got, you know, occasional robot things. Question number nine. What are some prevalent tropes associated with the mecha genre that you just can't stand? I mean, the, the stuff that I hate is the... Every, every show has to have... A like I, I guess shows have always had this, but it's like the emphasis that is placed upon the cute guy and his friend in in mecha shows, and that's I mean that's always been around, but the emphasis has grown increasing increasingly, and it's wouldn't bother me as much if it didn't feel like this is a marketing ploy to get girl viewers. Um, I think in terms of that, I think you know th- that's at least sort of got like its basis. In, you know, Shah Aznable and Garmazabi, which, you know, got extrapolated into that. And then they said, look at what people have made. And now we're going to take that and just kind of put it in the show hmm. in the extrapolated form. Maybe one step dial back so people can still extrapolate. Um, but as far as like things and conventions that I really hate, um, the kid sidekick is generally something that I think no one ever liked, but it just always got put in because people were like, people need there to be a kid so they can imagine themselves being in there. I guess I never really really associated that with, like, a mecha thing. But, um... Usually, like, you know, when you think of, you know, and we haven't even really talked too much on Super Robot stuff, even though that's kind of more my background is Super Robot. But, like, when you think of... Mazinger Z, Koji's got his kid brother. When you think of even Getter Robo, there was, you know, Genki. You I know, mean, that's what, think of, that, that's the show that, that's the thing that killed the second half of Combattler V, was they just introduced these, like, kids and this stupid-ass robot that, uh, that, and that just... That have to make it so that the kids are going to think, like, yeah, it can be me, too! Yeah. But n- no one, it, I mean... No kids are thinking that. No kids are thinking this, that's no. right. It's not like, you know... Robin needs to be there because kids can't imagine themselves as Batman. No. And it's not to say I hate Robin as a character, but he just, he doesn't work as, from that perspective. It's like kids don't want to be the second banana. Mm-hmm. Kids want to be the hero. I th- and so I, I kind of like, I never liked that those always had to be there. Hmm. Um, I do have a complaint, but it's it's hard to describe the complaint because it makes it seem if i said this complaint it would make it seem like i hate all mecha anime but i my problem is and this was something that kind of i think it hurt votoms a bit which was the idea of having to have a battle in every single episode and have to have a battle that starts and finishes in that episode and votoms i think would have benefited greatly from having some episodes that were had the mechas in them, but maybe were character-based at the time, or maybe had a battle that was stretched out a little bit more. But uh, 
That yeah, the, the trouble is execution. I mean, the last yeah. thing you want is like the Dragon Ball style yes. fight applied to a mecha show. But certainly, yeah, I mean, some of these characters, maybe they could have been a little more interesting if they'd gotten more than an episode to say, hey, I'm going to get you, Kiriko, and mm-hmm. then they get blown up. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like every single thing has to have a fight. That certainly is no longer the case anymore. A lot of times there's, you know, the calm before the storm and it ends up working. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I remember that that was one thing that bothered me about uh, some of those shows. That uh, I think one of the things that bothers me, like a, a little more modern, like you know, post Gundam, not even post Gundam Wing, but the need to have like an attempt at like political intrigue and you know machinations and subplotting mm-hmm. when it isn't well thought out or it isn't like you know particularly compelling that's gundam that's code geass in a nutshell that's that's gundam wing that's code geass i I mean even though you know there's a lot of plotting in that show that's really what this show is it's not that well plotted and and, the the problem is is, uh, we can go on about this for years and i don't want to get into it but in a nutshell that's a show where the trouble is is that people act stupidly and are presented as geniuses um in gasaraki i thought that was like a show that was all about you know arguments over policy and such and it was just never compelling no and it's it's hard to write political intrigue like i think a lot of people think that they write it well and it's it just when uh, you know when you actually watch it, it's like no, this is actually just kind of needlessly confusing this plot. Like uh, this plot doesn't need to be. I, I almost wonder if they do it just because they feel like the plot would be too simplistic. But um, the thing is, is that a lot of times the the political scheming and machinations and like philosophies are themselves incredibly simplistic. Mm. I mean, it's you know when you think about it, it's like well, the show that did a good job was Legend of Galactic Heroes, and even that has. Uh, a couple of people who are just, you know, silly ideologues, mm-hmm. but at least they're presented as such. Yeah. Oh, you know? I think I'm actually, I'm kind of bored with the idea of the first episode is some kid getting thrown into a robot and, you know, having to figure it out, like, right then and there. Uh, I wouldn't mind... Uh, I wouldn't mind a person who had to train their life Yeah, and, to and be I, in the robot. And I also don't mind the Go-Nagai style where the guy just comes in and... Well, I guess not all Go Nagai shows were like this, but a lot of them were just the guy comes in and he's just awesome, like right away. Um, but since that is like, I guess that used to be ubiquitous throughout, like you know, the seventies. But now that's like the breath of fresh air. Mm-hmm. That I don't really mind it. It's not like a trope. Like, man, I'm so sick of like the impetuous hero who just jumps into the robot and starts kicking butt. It's yeah. like, no, you know what? I'm all right with it. Yeah. Um, I don't know. There's probably other things that I can think of. And a lot of things that I come to mind are like, wait, that's not a trope. That's just Code Geass. So <laughs> <laughs> that's just because that's the last one you watched in its entirety. You're going to be watching more of it when they have that next season. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> but um, I I think like um, the thing is that like starts to wear thin on me is like, all right, yes, I understand that Gundam was influential, but unless you're also a Gundam show. And in some cases, even if you are a Gundam show, um, there's no need to continually bring back some of these things that, you know, become tropes by forcing him. Mm. Are you I talking think, about, like, like the, the presence of, like, a Char-like character in every series? The Char-like character and... doesn't have to be there. I mean, even if it's Gundam, yeah, okay, there's a masked antagonist. But now there's always, like, in, in a lot of these things, you know, the mysterious masked cool antagonist mm. who you don't really want 
uh, to see get their, you know, end brought to them because they're cooler than the heroes. Uh, maybe that started with, like, Voltus 5, but... Hmm. Well, he wasn't masked in Voltus 5, but... Uh, yeah, but, you know, he was, was he was the a- idea of the <clears throat> villain that people were kind of rooting for. Yes, yeah. <clears throat> okay. It's hard to really zero that down, because it's not like I'm completely tired of it, so it's like I see it, and it's like, oh, get that out of here. It's more yeah. just, you know, overuse. All right. Next we, we can't really answer this one well. Let's go to the next question. <laughs> question number 10. Have you ever built a mecha model? If so, what model did you last build? Interesting that he would ask that question. Um, yeah, I mean, I did answer before that I've I've bought some mecha models. Unfortunately, I think the last one that I built was probably like a decade ago at this point. It was the Master Grade Rick Dom. Uh, unless there were some smaller ones that I, you know quickly put together i just don't even remember i was but actually generally speaking yeah it would probably be that yeah i i build them kind of somewhat regularly i was actually going to propose something on the next show but because i don't have the influence i wasn't sure if i should even bring it up but uh, um i was i'm actually working on a gundam unicorn now the box is there and i've built uh i really liked my uh Aegis from uh, Super Robot Wars. I've built several Gundam kits. I've built some Valkyrie kits. I really like building that stuff. And um, my proposal was that so many anime fans have got boxes and boxes of these things laying around all over the place. That they go to cons and they see it and they look cool and then they take them home and then they just never like get to them. No, no. They they open the box and they look at the runners and they leaf through the manual and then they're like, okay, and then they put them all back and then put the box cover back on and then in the corner it goes. Right. I, I propose that we have one month in the year where all of these people who have got these boxes start and try to finish one model in that month. And that can be and even as simple as just purely snap together only, it, not yes. even like paint or decals or whatever else you do. I'm proposing that we make this, that we do it in like November, because people usually have some time off around that time. And I say that we make November the month where everyone out there who owns a kit starts and finishes one in that month. Or even if you've, you know, maybe got one started, but you finish one in that month. But uh, I'm not, I'm not nearly, I'm not nearly as influential to, to maybe make that something that actually could happen. But uh, I think that I've, I've certainly got this case, and a lot of people I know have got this issue where they just have lots of these things piled up. And I think if we, the, the whole internet got together and did this one thing for one month, we would all get the ball rolling on this thing. Yeah, it's definitely the kind of thing that would go better. I mean, the, the act of building model kits is such a solitary hobby, and it's something that you can't do while doing anything else. You can't really build a model kit and pay that much attention to a TV show. You can't really build it's, a model kit and play a, a video game. No, you can't. It's but maybe it's, a turn-based thing. It, it is kind of pleasant to like build a model kit and have like something on. But, you know, I think if, if the internet could, if, you know, if a couple of people could get, you know, this started on the internet, you know, have like progress, like, you know, progress shots throughout the month. And then at the end of the month, everyone presents like, this is what I did. Like that, I think that would be, I think that would be a good thing. You know. Yeah, I'm pretty sure like all my old model kit supplies, like, you know, they're they're probably gone and destroyed at this point. Like I I had an airbrush, it was it wasn't like a, the greatest of airbrushes, it was like a real rudimentary thing, like an Aztec mm-hmm. or something like that. that- I, I never had um a full on compressor, like I bought a, a tank and a moisture trap and like a you know kind of compressor used to inflate tires and i just Mm -hmm. fill the tank but i mean you know nowadays i don't have that tank anymore i don't have that compressor i would need to 
figure out some whole new um, painting method for the parts that you still actually need to paint, even on a master grade, usually seam work, right? But, uh, you know what? That's why I'm. That's why I'm saying that it's a month long because, um, you know, people do these things and then they they put it off and they put it off for years at a time because they don't have the equipment. In the reality, all you need is clippers and maybe some glue, and it might not look like some of those things that you see photoshopped in Hobby Japan, but this is something that I think everyone can do with very minimal equipment. And it's also the, uh, the idea that if you at least start and finish one, then the next one will come a little bit more quickly and a little bit more easily. Yeah, and you don't even need glue for a lot of know, the, stuff today. the Bandai Gundam kits no. like High Grade Universal Century and better. Yeah. You don't even need the glue. So I, I, that, I'm officially proposing this idea, but I think we might officially propose it on, 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 our, our, own on our own show. So, but that this is, you know, my ideas. I've, I've been throwing this around for a while, and I'm thinking November would be, you know, a convenient month, to, the most convenient month to try it, at least. Question number 11. If you had the power to get any mecha anime fully released on Blu-ray slash DVD in one beautiful box set, the full works, you know, released into the English world, what would you choose and why? I almost feel compelled to say, "Do you remember love?" Let's, Except, I think what he wants is like a series. Yeah, let's let's just put that. Do you remember love aside? Because I think that's what everybody wants. Um, I don't know. What I watched of Jig was really awesome. I'd kind of like that. The the new Kotech yeah, Jig, the, new the remake Jig. I I didn't finish it though. So um, and uh, I. Giant Robo yeah, has such a Shin good Shin Mazinger, you know, I like that. I think you are a little less uh, keen on it over time. Yeah, it, it dragged really badly for me a lot, and I just didn't care about it. And the, the end, the last couple of episodes were awesome, but I just didn't care about it like that last third. Um, uh, maybe, I don't know, the, I, I think we've seen enough of the original Macross to know that you can't make that show look any better with on a Blu-ray. Yeah, definitely not. Because um, I'm trying to think of, like, if I think of, you know, 80 shows, most of those shows, they're going to look as good as they look, like, now. Like, even not on Blu-ray. Um, yeah, I mean, there's not too much in the way of, like, theatrical film robot stuff no. that isn't already on Blu-ray or, you know, hasn't uh, otherwise been announced. I guess I would like to see... Like a really nice version, maybe, of the third Gundam movie, because those DVDs are pretty old. And uh, that, that I think, would be kind of neat to see. Is Galforce considered a mecha show? I know that's got a lot of mecha in it, but I thought that might be more sci-fi. It's a little more sci-fi, mm. you know, look at the girls kind of show than, you know, robot sort of thing. Even though, yeah, there's tons of robots in it. I just, you know, it's never anything that comes to mind when I think of robots. I mean, uh... I guess we've we've got some nice existing sets uh, on DVD, but um, I'll go ahead and say um, I think Giant Robo would look pretty good on a Blu-ray. That, I mean, it certainly was made for standard definition. Well, at least that show had enough of a budget that there's the possibility that it would look better on Blu-ray. Um, not that, not like Macross, where on Blu-ray just you know <clears throat> more animation errors would pop out. Right. I mean, even Macross. Plus, I mean, as as nice as that looks, um, you know, if you put it in the higher definition, it's very clearly a 480p production, uh -huh. particularly in the in the CG department. Right. 
It doesn't look bad because the way it's integrated into the show, it's meant to look like CG. Yeah. So that that goes a long way in not dating the visuals on that. Right. But yeah, I'm just you know. I don't know. As I... Far, we we've kind of we're in a good spot at, as Mecha fans because it's like almost everything is available. The few things that aren't, you know, the stuff like you know the people who want Dugram and you know that sort of thing. You know, it's out there, but it, like, it's old, and it's going to look old, no yeah. matter what you do. Yeah, I, I, can, I don't think I have a good answer for this, really. I think it might just be you know, DYRL, because um, that you know, would we look never, We never got a U.S. release of the Paleson Files, um, mm. and that is a contemporary that mecha is animation. It's, it's made for high definition. Um, so, I mean, you know, and, and the show isn't bad. I mean, no. you know, if you're a real continuity buff then yeah you'd say hey it doesn't quite fit into votoms quite right but yeah that would be one that you know it could benefit at least i mean yeah. but yeah i don't i don't know i mean uh we're getting a mazen kaiser skull blu-ray so i don't need to say that yeah i don't know i think i think this one's almost unanswerable it's uh or at least has already been answered perhaps uh i mean we already got like nice versions of the pat labor movies so and those again as we said don't really count um yeah and Gentlemen, the final question on the 12 questions mech edition. Question number 12. Could you please name your favorite super robot and your favorite real robots anime? Now, which genre do you prefer? I certainly prefer super robot over real robot, even though my model kits say otherwise. It's just a byproduct of the fact that there just aren't that many super robot model kits well, super robot model kits are also much simpler <laughs> yeah they'd be very simple um <clears throat> i think i think i like um i like real robot shows when they don't overcomplicate themselves and they do unfortunately that when they hear that real part that's kind of where they determine complexity yeah and i think that you know some complexity is good but as we were talking about like the the overly complex political intrigue just gets on my nerves sometimes. And I'm, I mean, I, we go back to the show again and again, but I think like code Geass is like near the, nearly the perfect example. Um, the, but yeah. So if you want to name the antithesis of that, like, you know, your favorite, uh, real robot show, favorite, real, favorite super robot, you know, that these kinds of things for me, I think like my favorite is probably like, um, I, I would say maybe the Shingetter Robo. Um, it's very different looking from the original model. I never liked Getter Robo G very much, but I do like the original Getter model, and I really like um, when they updated that design a little bit for some mm. of the you know more recent remake OAVs. But yeah, the the Shingetter looks totally different than that. But it's got like you know this incredibly giant bat wings and a huge axe that. You know, how they call it a tomahawk for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. Plus, you know, it's it's got a lot of like you know really larger than life. It's sturdy. It's it's you know looks like it could do some definite damage. It's got you know recognizable, distinct face, um, and it can transform you know into multiple you know configurations. So that's probably my favorite in terms of the you know super mm-hmm. side of things. Even though um, yeah, I guess I do own a, a Shin Getter, but you know I I like Black Getter and I don't own. Uh, or the Revoltech of it or anything like that. It's been years out of print, but I really like that design in particular. The original, uh, Black Getter from, um, what's released in the U.S. is Getter Robo Armageddon. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's got like this really cool, um, you know, set of eyes and like the metal mouth plates and it's got like, uh, wrist 
claws and it just you know has a cape and it cuts a pretty imposing figure i i like that one uh, a ton I, real robot I, I guess we are i already answered uh probably the new gundam that sort of thing yeah i guess for super robots uh as you were talking i was trying to like decide which one of these i like and i think i'm split between either the Mazenkaiser or the i do not really like how the Mazenkaiser looks i like but, how yeah, it keep looks going. and and King Jader. Um, King Jader is a cool looking robot. I really like King Jader a lot. I, I, I don't dislike the Galgaigar design, but it it, it looks it, the, 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 very. I think the, the, the problem I think are the drills on the knees. I think that the, the it just makes it feel like it makes it feel like this was drawn with the intention of making someone dress up in it. Um, but the King Jader, I, I, I like that a lot. I. I don't dislike, you know, the Galgaigar, but it does, it's not something I would buy. And I think part of it, and, and this is sort of off-putting about Galgaigar, is that in the show, the robots look like they're plastic toys. Mm-hmm. And so that is always kind of like been at the back of my head that's like, man, these things look really fake and you know it's just because of uh, that the didn't way bother drawn. me i mean that's the aesthetic of Over the show time, I, think. I was fine with it but i mean like in that early goings on where it's very kitty and all that it's like wow it's very uh you know you can definitely tell which is what somewhat they're going for which, here which is somewhat ironic because they have made very few toys of uh galgaigar uh, i have one of the few model kits that were made of it and i don't know if i've seen any of king jader um yeah it's because such a you know massive thing I, yeah. I might have seen something but i don't know if it was a toy it might have just been a, a fixed pose like figure and king jader was a like little that. bit later in the show when they were making them with slightly different intentions um but yeah i, I really like the king jader designs um i liked uh, i'm trying to think of like which which getter designs that i liked but i'm i know that I think it was just because I really liked Shin Getter versus Neo Getter so much that uh, the te- Texas Mac. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> kind of an unforgettable robot. Yeah, <laughs> past your king. Um, and just the the um, the, the throwback to um, Django to Django with the, yeah with the coffin underneath the White House. Um, but yeah, I I don't know. I guess I, if I had to choose one, I'd probably go with the King Jader. Um, you know, come to think of it, you know, I know we were talking about like, you know, underrated directors. I think maybe we were only limiting it to real robot, but uh, June Kawagoe gets no recognition as far as being like a really good uh, super robot director. And not only super robot, I think the man is just a really good action director. And there's so few of those that can do good action directing today. And I mean, he's really one of the best. Um but yeah, I mean, he—I guess he gets credit amongst you know, like the community, the hardcore community. But like outside of that, like he does really good work. So, so I guess your answers are, you know, Macross Valkyries. Yeah, for and, the real robot know. Macross Valkyrie, and for the super robot Jader. And I, yeah, I guess, I guess in general, I've enjoyed more super robot show, shows. I think the real robot shows have maybe had a bigger emotional impact when they are done well. Like, I think I had a bigger emotional impact with, like, Macross than I did, you know, Mazenkaiser. But um, those are, it, it's far more, it's fewer and far between when the real robot shows are done and they aren't just like, hey, let's, you know, add 
an enormous amount of politics to this for no real good reason. Yeah, I'm also like, uh, you know, I, I like the the super robots because um, I, I guess when they're on, for me, they seem to be more consistently up. Uh, real robot shows, to me, are very, you know, peaks and valleys. Yeah, I think that they um, can be better than even a really good super robot show, but I think that the, in general they are worse, or more, they're more yeah, often like, than not worse. Like I, I, part of why I liked, uh, you know, say G Gundam so much. I mean, I, I also like the Gundam Spiegel design quite a bit on the subject of G Gundam. But yeah, I mean, in terms of that, it was consistently, you know, pretty good. And then it got even better than that, you know, as far as you know the mid-season finale and then the end of the series. And so I um, generally, when I think of like, oh, real robots, and like Gal Gygar is another one, mm. you know, the finale of that, you know, very strong. That is a stuff. That is a rough show to watch again, especially if you're not watching it with giant robot fans. Because we watched oh, through yeah, that yeah. show. It's, it's such a slog. I mean, uh, yeah. like I said, that first half is just, it's really hard to get through and that. We j- I've never, in an anime club setting, I've never, I've never gotten people to make it through that. No, we, well, and we, I've never been the one showing it either. We've been, we've been jumping around even, and it was still hard. Because I think that the stuff that I really like in it um, is, and the stuff that I really like appreciate, a lot of people don't seem to get unless they are, unless they kind of have some sort of interest in giant robot shows already. At least that's what I noticed when we tried to show it, when I tried to show it at, at my anime meeting. Yeah, it's not going to convert people, I think. No. And I think that's part of why it didn't do so well when, you know, Media Blast tried to release it here as oh. like their next Voltron attempt. Yeah. And, you know, it's like for fans only. But yeah, I think, um, so yeah, you're you're a bit more on the on the real robot because of the, and I'm a bit more on the super robot. But our reasons are the exact same reasons for why uh, we prefer one over the other. Yeah. So it goes. Uh, I think that's all the questions. I think that is all the questions, and I still stand by my proposal for like a a mecha month, uh, the mecha month of November. Um, Let's check and see if there aren't any other questions at the end. Maybe he put in a, a baker's dozen. Yeah. Uh, no, I guess that yep. is it. All right. All right, so that's like, you know, look, like we're t- dealing with like 80 minutes of just us answering, and there's going to be like six other people giving answers. See, if I'd done this on my own, it would have been like 10 minutes or 20 minutes or something. But it's too bad. Yeah. We, we <laughs> had to make it more listenable by making it five <laughs> times longer than it was. <laughs> yeah. All right, Regan, work this out yourself. Yep. Anime World Orders. Well, some of the members of it signing off. Yep. Uh, AnimeWorldOrder.com. Um, Check us out uh, when I, you get a chance. I doubt there are many people who are listening who to this podcast that don't know that we exist. So, you guys are good people. Yep. Keep uh, the anime love strong. Or, wait, no, it's a different you know motto with Regan, isn't it? Hmm. Just, just the anime love. Yeah.